turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Bruce Hooley Show, hour number two, 94.5, The Answer, 94.5, Dayton, 98.9, Columbus. You can both listen to the podcast. On your website of choice, 989theanswer.com, 989theanswer.com, or theanswerdayton.com. We'll have our May Book of the Month coming up for you, an opportunity to win an awesome book. And uh, reacting to the story that you heard at the top of the hour from the Salem Media Network about former Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins, um, very sad. Uh, obviously, that a young man with um, such outer joy when he played quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, would die at such a young age. Uh, but um, even more sad that it is pretty obvious that Dwayne Haskins had a serious alcohol addiction problem and perhaps a drug problem, too. Uh, his blood alcohol content according to the Broward County Medical Examiner's Office. I've seen two different numbers, 0.20 and 0.24. If your blood alcohol content is hovering in the neighborhood of 0.20 or 0.24, just keep in mind, Florida's intoxication standard is 0.08. So he was two and a half or three times over the limit in Florida. Now, this is a level of intoxication that a person who is not a drinker could not function with a blood alcohol content of that level unless unless you are familiar with it, unless you are someone who engages in this kind of activity as a matter of routine, and if you engage in this kind of activity as a matter of routine, you are an alcoholic. And so it's very clear that Dwayne Haskins uh, was an alcoholic. So I was commiserating with a a doctor friend of mine uh, last night, and uh, he made uh, an important uh, notation to the degree uh, that Dwayne Haskins must have partied the night before to be at this level of intoxication at that hour of the morning for a guy 230 pounds he would have had to have drank between 12 and 14 one and a half ounce shots of 80 proof hard liquor in an hour to get to that blood alcohol content and I was also curious about the drugs uh, in Dwayne Haskins system at the time ketamine I'd never heard of ketamine. Never. 
So I asked uh, my doctor friend, what is ketamine? He said, and some of this will be in doctor talk, so bear with me. (laughs) It's a disassociative anesthetic and a hallucinogen in the same general class as PCP. Now I'm like, whoa, PCP? That is dangerous stuff. They use it in its intended form as a way to sedate people. But it has also, of course, like everything, abuse, drug abuse. The word abuse tells you uh, it is a popular club drug because of the euphoria and opiate-like effects that it can cause. Pretty widely available at clubs. And, of course, Dwayne Haskins was in South Florida, so he no doubt came from a club. Um, Not that expensive. Not that expensive. So I'm sure it's a drug of choice. And this is the this is the hard thing. First of all, really fortunate Dwayne Haskins did not harm anyone else in this condition. Driving, intoxicated like that, under the influence of drugs, he was not only a danger to himself, he was an enormous danger to other people on the road. He ran out of gas, he got out of his car, he walked to get gas, he called his wife in Pittsburgh, he was in the company of another woman at the time. That sounds bad. My inclination is to say it is bad. It's theoretically possible it was an acquaintance who he was giving a ride home or whatever. I mean, I want to allow for the best possible scenario. But he put her in danger, too driving her home in the condition he was in. Of course, we have no idea what condition she was in. But he got out of his car, he got gas, he walked back to his car, he got hit by a dump truck, and he died. And um, you just wonder, you know, here's a guy who signed a multi-million dollar contract. And I read a story last night about his father, Dwayne Haskins' father, and the draft party that they threw for Dwayne Haskins at a bowling alley in, in near his home. And they had 300 people at this party, and they had started uh, a marketing firm, Haskins and Haskins Marketing Firm. The, the daughter was engaged in the firm, the dad, the mom, family members, this, that, the other. And it just speaks to... Uh, the pressure placed upon you wonder, well, why does a kid who's like such a happy kid here at Ohio State, everything's great, phenomenal talent, how did his life go so south that he becomes addicted to alcohol, maybe to drugs, and ends up dead? When you put this kind of pressure to provi- to be the provider for the entire family, to we're not just you're not just going to make the NFL, we're going to build a marketing firm around you, and la 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 la. And his dad started this when Dwayne Haskins was fifteen. He's 15 years old. So he's a high school, what, sophomore? Freshman? And now, just this past week, the Ohio High School Athletic Association member schools have voted down name, image, and likeness compensation for high school athletes. We've talked about name, image, and likeness here on this show, compensating college athletes. Making legal all the things that used to be illegal. What he's driving a well, that guy's driving a pretty fancy car. Better check out where he got that car. That used to be the thing rumored about every college athlete. Oh, he went to he went to Michigan because he got a car. He went to Michigan because his dad got a job. You know those kinds of things. 
You never heard that with high school kids. But you will if Ohio high schools change their mind on name, image, and likeness. This is all, again, an example of how many times do we talk on this show about bad things happening when we get away from God's design? Kids are designed to be parented and to have guardrails around them to protect them. Discipline, the word discipline, has gotten a horribly bad name over the, oh, discipline, you can't, you can't tell them no, can't discipline your child. You'll crush their creativity. Maybe you'll just protect them from danger. Because I would argue that heaping the pressures of providing for his entire family on Dwayne Haskins' shoulders at age 15 was not a very good parenting decision. Nor will it be a good decision by the people who were in charge of stewarding high school athletics in the state of Ohio if, like I saw Terry Pluto of the Plain Dealer write the other day, well, name, image, and likeness is inevitable for Ohio high school athletes, so they might as well prove it now. Why? Why is it inevitable? What is every kid in the state of Ohio who wants to get paid for being a high school football, basketball, baseball track star, they're going to move out of state? And I would just say, go for it. Go for it if you want to. Because is it too much to ask the adults to be adults? Is it too much to ask for Doug Ute of the Ohio High School Athletic Association to come out and say, hey, this is a bad idea. I recommend against it. I'm the leader of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. I recommend against it. I don't think Doug Ute has done that. Doug Ute has been like, well, whatever you guys want, we'll do it. That's not how a leader leads. And let me just say in the same vein, yesterday Ohio State fired its baseball coach. Now I know most of you don't even know who the baseball coach is at Ohio State or care. It's not a front burner item. It's not about baseball. This is about, again, bad leadership. Ohio State fired its baseball coach yesterday. You know what? I read the story. He probably deserved it. He probably in a dozen years he hadn't really knocked it out of the park. I'm sorry for the baseball analogy. But they fired him. That's not the story to me. The story is Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, goes over to explain the decision to the players on the team, all of whom are recruited by this coach. And then Gene Smith leaves the baseball facility, and the reporters come up to him and go, hey, Gene, they're like, you want to explain yourself? Uh, no, I'm going to decline comment. Huh? You're going to decline comment? You're paid over $2 million a year to lead the athletic program at Ohio State, and you don't comment on why you fired the baseball coach? Like, hello? That's part of your job. It is literally part of his job. Do you know that $450,000 Gene Smith gets a year for, guess what, media and public relations duties? That means he gets paid to talk to the press. And yesterday he's like, eh, no thanks. We had the pleasure uh, last week to chat with a guy whose podcast I love, Andrew Claven, and his uh, site, The Daily Wire, is a site that I prep with every single day. 
But I wanted to get a postmortem on Andrew Clavin's visit to Dublin for the performance of his play, The Uncanny. So let's bring in Robert Cooperman of Stage Right Theatrics. And if you missed The Uncanny last week, you'll get the opportunity to see it again tomorrow night, Thursday, and Friday as there are performances at the Abbey Theater in Dublin, 7 o'clock Wednesday, 7 o'clock Thursday, 7.30 on Friday. Robert, great to have you with us. And how uh, did the audience react to The Uncanny last week and Andrew Clavin's visit? Well, thank you, first of all, Bruce, for having me on. And uh, the audiences were just, uh, I think, enamored of the play itself. It's a really good play by a, a really good writer. And uh, as you mentioned, he uh, he did show to um, the show on Saturday, uh, and he uh, he watched the show, and then he took questions from the audience, and then he signed autographs and took pictures, and he was just about as gracious as a person could be. And um, it, was just, it was just a really special time in the theater with him. But even those days uh, last week when he wasn't there, the audience really seemed to appreciate what he was trying to say with this play, and, uh, and uh, it, it, it turned out to be just so far a great first week, and we're looking forward to a great second week starting tomorrow. Well, the uh, performance is The Uncanny. It's at the Abbey Theater in Dublin, Wednesday, Thursday, both days, 7 p.m., Friday, 7.30. Great way to get into your Memorial Day weekend. And tickets are $15. You can attend the play, of course, or you can watch it virtually. You can pay $15 to watch it on a device, $15 per device. Go to Stage RT. Is it .com, Robert, or .org? .org. 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 Stage RT. Dot O-R-G, and that stands for Stage Right Theatrics, and I love your uh, moniker that goes along with that, which is disagreement doesn't equal hate. Uh, you call it the natural theater, but Andrew Clavin is obviously a conservative, and the plays that you perform, I think, accentuate the values that America was founded on, and that you and I have talked before, I think, is a very courageous way for you to approach theater and offer unique theatrical offerings to your audience here in Columbus and via the virtual option beyond Columbus. Thank you, Gal. Uh, I mean, I'm probably the only company that's actively doing it right now, but boy, would I welcome other companies across the country to follow that lead um, because there really isn't. Clavin even said it uh, during the question and answer period on Saturday, he even said, you know, there's just nowhere that conservatives can call a home uh, in the theater or maybe even in the arts in general. So um, I'm really excited to be, you know, helping to forward the conservative voice in the arts. Robert Cooperman, Stage Right Theatrics, our guest again, The Uncanny, performed tomorrow night and Thursday, 7 p.m., 7.30 Friday, Abbey Theater in Dublin. Go online, stagert.org, stagert. Dot .org. So here's my hope because I'm a big Clavin geek. Did he enjoy this experience enough? The Uncanny's his first play. Did he by any chance pledge to you that he would write another play for you for a future date? Well, he he didn't. I did say to him though uh that if he would write all the plays that I produce, I would make a lot of money. Um <laughs> But uh, he didn't, uh, this was really his, he said he has written other plays, but this is the one he was really most serious about. Um, but, you know, maybe it will, it will um, open the door for him to say, hey, uh, you know, I've got another play up my sleeve, and there's a company out there that would do it, no questions asked. So hopefully, but he, he hasn't pledged to write any additional plays. 
uh, as far as I know. Now, Robert, I heard you on Andrew's podcast promoting this in advance of his visit right. to Columbus, and uh, it struck me that this is a little bit unusual. The people who come out to see the Uncanny, there are parts of this play that are on film. Am I right about that? That is correct. That is correct. You know, Clavin's script called for some uh, effects uh, and things to happen on stage that unless you're at a big Broadway house with deep pockets, it's really going to be hard to do. And, you know, the Abbey Theater of Dublin has wonderful technology, but it's really, it was not written uh, for uh, the average theater company to put, put on. So the director, Matt Hermes, said, you know, listen, I'm a film guy, and I think those sequences uh, where Clayton calls for these effects, because they're really retellings of ghost stories, uh, he said, I think we can do that on film, and we can have all the effects we need. And it turned out great. It really did. So it makes for a much more interesting evening, because you break away from the stage, what's going on on stage, and you hit the, the silver screen for a little bit. It really, it really was a nice blend of stage and screen. Well, I'm a big supporter of what you do, and I would highly encourage people to take in the uncanny uh, mid to late part of this week, Wednesday and Thursday, 7 p.m., performed live at the Abbey Theater in Dublin, Friday night, 7.30. Get your tickets at stagert.org. They're only $15 a piece, and if you can't make it but you'd like to see it and you can do that, watch it at home virtually on your television, on your device, on your laptop, on your tablet, however you want to do it, $15 per device, stagert.org. Robert, always great to have you on. Thanks so much for what you do, and good luck the rest of this week with The Uncanny. Thanks so much, Bruce. Thank you for your support. Yeah, I think that's a great way to get into your Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I may do that at least on the uh, virtual side. The uh, comments coming out of the World Economic Forum forum, uh, are being relayed to us virtually. Um, but they're not virtual reality, they're reality. And the reason why so many people are nervous about it is because of things being said, uh, things like this from Albert Borla, the head, the CEO of Pfizer. It is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet, and once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, it sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance, uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in, in uh, this field. Oh, yeah, it's fascinating, Albert, that you can put a chip in a pill and then we can ingest it and then you can tell if we ingested it. Got your vaccine? Got your booster? Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Evans, Michael Evans, the head of Alibaba, which is like the Amazon of China, five hundred billion dollar company, sixth largest company in the world, uh, says that they can do this with carbon trackers, so they can then have you eat something and measure your carbon footprint. Yeah, that's not creepy. Wow.